Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast as we work our way towards the conference weekend games. Pestle and Tom from TH Fantasy Football with you this week. Ed is very poorly this week. We've delayed our record a few times, but he's not made it, has he, Tom? It's slacking. Yeah, it's slacking. <laughs> Says he's lying in his deathbed and he's feeling really poorly. <laughs> But we just know he can't be bothered. He fancied a week off to get ready to watch the mighty Ravens dominate the Chiefs this weekend. So we've said it's conference weekend coming up. Who do you want to win? Who's your ideal Super Bowl scenario now that the Packers have exited? Um, I mean, for me, I'd quite fancy a Ravens 49ers final. I yeah. can't really root for the Lions, obviously being a Packers fan, no. you know. Um, the Chiefs have had their share, haven't they, lately? Let's mix it up. Let's go Ravens 49ers. The Chiefs seem to have clicked into gear as is becoming quite a cliche now is the great teams do when it comes yeah. to the playoffs I'm hoping though the fact that the Ravens have been dominant and now look battle hardened as well after that first half against the Texans where they really just just flipped switch and really kicked in I would love to see the Lions now I didn't realize that this is only their second time in their history they've made an NFC conference game really and I didn't realize they'd never made the Super Bowl I know the kind of it's it's in the folklore of the NFL of how disastrous they've been, but they're one of the oldest teams in the league, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. seems strange that it's never happened. I, I mean, Dan Campbell's taken a lot of stick, hasn't he? He's yeah. taken a lot of stick since, um, or a lot of complaints since becoming manager. He did, maybe he deserves it. He seemed quite a nice guy from the hard knocks effect, you know. But you know, it's lines. I can't. I'm sorry, I just can't vote for him. I heard an interview this week where he's really leaning into what it means for the Detroit natives and. Any fan base could say it, but yeah, there's, I think the romance of Detroit Lions is it's probably only akin to like an FA Cup run in the UK, isn't it? When yeah. they're an underdog team. But yeah, it'll be a very interesting weekend of NFL action for our two games before we take a couple of weeks off. I'm not counting the Pro Bowl, that doesn't count as NFL action, <laughs> and then get to the Super Bowl. But for today's show, we continue to do our bit of talking about fancy football, and we have a guest on today, Tom. We have... Murph from Five Yard Rush today. I sat down with him for end of, just over an hour the other day having a chat about all things NFL, things fantasy football. And it's one of our first shows where we've not actually gone into stats and analysis, literally just chatting fantasy football, which we've decided we think we might do a couple of those just in the off-season as well. Yeah, it was a great listen. Obviously, he's a legend in the UK fantasy football scene, isn't he? He's been doing it for an awful long time, very knowledgeable. Delighted he obviously mentioned our nomination for us without yes, having to that, do oh, that. Yes, perfect. You know, so I've got... I was running out of ways to shoehorn it in. <laughs> so during this, though, I was expecting that Ed would be recording with me the day after I recorded this with Murph. Um, Ed hasn't made it back in, so as Tom says, lazy boy. So I referenced conversations... Get well soon, Ed. <laughs> lazy, lazy boy. So I referenced throwing back to me and Ed, ignore anywhere here, here, Ed, just replace it with Tom. It's a better replacement in my eyes anyway, despite the fact I said in our last show and you weren't here, Tom, we were going to do a coup and get rid of you. I most sincerely apologise. First, though, let's hear from Malcolm with our from the Stateside Boys, and we'll get straight into my conversation with Murph from a couple of days ago. Want to get closer to Super Bowl 58 on game day? Pre-order your official Super Bowl program now. Featuring a holographic cover and unique artwork to celebrate Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You can have your copy of the official Super Bowl program in time for kickoff. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now to guarantee yours. Viva Las Vegas! And welcome to the Fields Fancy Podcast to Adam Murph Murphit of Five Yard Rush, Five Yard Rush founder, correspondent, Fancy Pros and PFN 365 at FSWA, Scotty Fishbowl 13, Five Yard Rush champion of champions, champ 23, creator of FFCC and Warrior Bowls, silver medalist 2020. That's how you've summed yourself up on the application for those Twitter. Does that sum you up well, Murph? Uh Idiot, I suppose. Will it do? One thing I've left off that, but <laughs> okay. the rest of it's fine. You've got um, characters, I assume. You couldn't fit that that's in. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, it was quite hard to fit it all in. So, uh, yeah, for FSWA, people don't really know it's the Fantasy Sports Writers uh, Association. So, really lucky to be a member of of that. It's an organization um, set up by Andy Behrens of Yahoo and uh, several other um, quite big name folks. And what they do is they uh, allow people who write about fantasy sports into. Uh, 
their world. Basically, you can apply and be part of the association. They do some nominations awards. So you'll see the awards being given out probably about now for like best podcast, best publications, all those sorts of things. But just to be a, a member of that, it's quite a unique, uh, a unique part of that. There's a few folks here in the UK that have that accreditation. It's nice to be one of those. Ed and I often say, we are still relative new boys to the world of the fantasy football podcast game. We've only been going for about a year and a half. And when we first started doing the show, when we started first trying to build our kind of footprint on Twitter as well, and we look at those accounts where the character momentum, obviously yourself and Five Irish are one of those. What we see is that that gold standard within the UK fantasy football community as well. So we're really happy to have you on. I say we, Ed isn't with us, unfortunately. Ed has had to go home poorly sick today. So... This record, Ed will be talking at the beginning, then we're going to cut away from him, and then he disappears for a bit. So that's why Ed's not with us, unfortunately. But yeah, we've enjoyed following your stuff. So to have you on the show, we're really, really uh, happy you've been able to do that and really grateful of your time as well, Murph. So thank you very much. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, I appreciate the kind words. It's not an intro like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always great to come on and, and do a podcast. And uh, you know, you guys are, are putting out some amazing content and uh, award nominated. So let's not forget that. Hey, well. Oh, you've got it in for me. I, I don't even have a chance to get it in myself. But if you have not already, please head over to the Sports Podcast Awards and give us a nomination on there. Uh, give us a nomination. Give us your vote on there, please. Uh, where we've been shortlisted in these fan- fantasy sports and betting. Oh, it's a mouthful. The fantasy sports and betting podcast. So please give us your vote on that. That closes on Sunday. So if you listen to us and it's gone already, hopefully you've already voted for us. But if not, please give us your vote. As we've said before, we are against some big boys. And, that, and we are humbled to be representing the UK in that as well. So we're really grateful for everyone's support. Now, Murph, you're in the interesting position of we have decided that what we set as our benchmark for being classed as friend of the show is three appearances on the show. This is your first, I say in person, our first time actually talking on the podcast. But this is your third time because you've obviously given us your sound bites before. So more than anything, all those credits you already said. Friend of the show, Adam Murph Murphy, welcome on board to talk some fantasy football. And what we're going to start with is a bit of a follow-on from our show last week. Ed and I, well, Ed, Tom and I were talking last week about some of our trades we were very happy to show off about from during the season. Some of our waiver ads we thought were done well, and some of our things that maybe not aged very well at all. So I have what I feel is a trade confession to bring to the table first, Murph. And that is, looking back, I was sure when I was driving home the other day, listening to all the hype pre-divisional round about Jordan Love, I think, I'm sure I had him in a taxi squad somewhere in the league. I'm sure I must have elevated him by now because he's not been a rookie for a long time. And I remembered that I traded him away pre-season for one Garrett Wilson. Now, at the time, he was going to be catching touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers all season, and Jordan Love was going to be living in Aaron Rodgers' Green Bay shadow. That's not worked out quite as well as I'd hoped, especially given it was a 16-team league where quality QBs are of a premium. Do you have any trades or waivers that you want to show off about or confess your fancy negligence in any way, Murph? I mean, I've I've committed so many trades. You have to think about them, all right? So one I regret massively. Uh, I made a a real schoolboy error. So I was a a number two seed going in the playoffs, but was the highest point scorer. So I felt pretty good uh, about life. And then I went about and I'd lost... um, I'd lost like Sky Moore. I was uh, Keenan Allen was out injured. I was in the playoffs. It's like right, I need a big name, and I put a trade out there for Michael Pittman, and it was a throwing away future capital basically to someone who was already out of the playoffs, um, throwing away future capital, um, and then he went down injured. I forgot to cancel the trade request, <laughs> and, then, and then it went through, and I was like, ah, okay, so it didn't really help me at all. Um, Got to the final, but finishes the runner-up in that league, oh, which was sometimes. unfortunate. Because uh, I had no Keenan Allen, no Michael Pittman. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of, kind of shot me in the foot. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think um, probably the best thing I did is I was quite out on the 2023 draft class um, from a fantasy perspective. There was, there was obviously going to be a couple of studs, but I didn't think that the studs were going to rule seven, eight, nine, ten picks deep. So I, a lot of my teams in 2022 finished sort of 
playoffs or roundabout playoffs in my dynasty leagues. And I effectively got out of the 2023 draft. I pushed all in that pushed me to a couple of championships in 2022. Um, but I also traded for studs who I felt were going to be quite good in 2023. Um, and I got out of the draft class and I, I feel pretty good about that because yes, there's a couple of really good players that came out of last year's draft. Uh, Bijan potentially could be quite good if he gets a good head coach. Um, <laughs> You know, you've got Gibbs, uh, you've got a couple of the wide receivers, and you've got the Porter and, and you know, McBride. But it's where I was kind of picking for the most part, don't think I would have ended up with with really good, solid picks. So I'm quite happy to have got out of the class altogether. Um, and to be honest, I feel a little bit similar about this 2024 class we're going to be ahead. Um, that there's a lot of good wide receivers. I don't think the elite talent is in this class. Really, there's a couple of good players. Um, so I feel like this could be another class to, if you're picking at the back end of the first round or back end of rounds, this might be a good draft to kind of get out of for future picks and try and hoard for the 2025 class, which I have a bit more optimism about. So that's kind of... Uh, I don't have anything that was like a blockbuster home run kind of trade. There were some leagues I pushed all in and then failed. There were some I pushed all in and um, did okay. But um, yeah, I think for the most part, the lesson to learn is make sure if a player gets injured, make sure you cancel those trade requests. Because oh, absolutely, yeah, there should be there should be a feature that makes those uh, makes those trades explode once there's an injury. Well, no, but there is a trade on sleeper, and I always forget this. You can actually set like a time deadline. So that's what I, I've learned now. So I've got to just do I, that. I every think time. that's not a very gentlemanly move. I remember seeing a few last year when Brees Hall went down, where lots of people trading for him, and then it got triggered immediately. You think it's not the gentlemanly way to go about the game. However, if you leave it there, you're leaving yourself open to to that, aren't you? I guess. Well, and I think with Dynasty, it's a bit different. I think with Dynasty, you know, you are buying yeah. future capital. Like Michael Pittman's going to be a good player next season with uh, Anthony Richardson so it's not terrible like I'm not like sitting here like moan <laughs> I just the reason I pushed in for the trade didn't really materialize because right. the trade was on the table for like over a week I completely forgot about <laughs> it but it's fine it's one of those things like I'm I've got my equipment I'm not unhappy like I can build on that for next year but uh yeah it's just one of those that probably hindsight would have gone for a different player this is the time of year as well I look at a few leagues and remember I am no I'm not part of the draft at all and go, oh, I was quite looking forward to trying to pick up a piece there and realise, <laughs> right, start trading away the 2025 picks. So I've got to rebuild that way instead. Um, yeah. yeah, as soon as I, some leagues, as soon as the picks are available for the third year down the line, that's when I like to start trading as well. Some leagues like to hoard, like to have a bit of variety. We were saying last week that, I don't know if you're the same, but Ed, Tom and I were in so many leagues. I like to have completely different approaches in different ones so that I've got something different going on everywhere. Um, yeah. It's also in the depths of August, is quite nice to be able to sit a draft out every now and then as well for a rookie draft. <laughs> well, I mean, I so I try and do all mine like right after the draft. So all the ones I commission all happen in May. Um, mm. In fact, almost all the leagues I'm in, the rookie drafts kind of happen in May, which is quite nice because you get all the rookie drafts in May when you haven't got anything else going on. Then you get to June and you get, and with that, you're probably doing some best balls. So I, I try and do like close to 100 best balls a year um and it's really just for like draft prep i use it as like preseason basically i just bash through and um i'm getting to understand adp values and i'm getting to understand where players are going what their ranges are um knowing where i can identify steals um where i might need to go and reach for someone if i've got someone uh higher on a projection then maybe where they might be going on adp and having to think about those sorts of things debo samuel was a good example of that last year where i I definitely was highly aggressive in my strategy on Debo Samuel. Um, paid off for the most part. Um, some people questioned when I was taking him in like third rounds of drafts <laughs> why I was taking Debo that high. And yeah, he missed a few games, but um, he returned what I needed him to do. So I think, you know, it, that's where the best ball comes in. Then you get to the charity leagues at the start of July and then, yeah, main drafts in, in August. So yeah, if I, I really try and avoid doing rookie drafts in August because as you say, it's so many uh, yeah. so other drafts going on like it's a daily draft so it's like if you can get out of drafting your rookie drafts in may that'd be a, a good thing i had one league that drafted its rookie draft in, in august and i was like ah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of out of the rookie drafts yeah right momentum now so yeah i quite like that comparison to best ball being like the preseason because we were saying last year we approach a lot of our best ball leagues now as being the the thinking man's mock draft these days 
you don't learn anything from a mock draft because people are often just trying to either try something out completely random or just playing with people and taking players for the sake of it just to mix up the mock draft. Yeah, best boy, something we did a lot more of last year and really enjoyed that as well. Plus, it is lovely that you can do a proper draft and then not have to worry about, oh, I need to do that lineup in the season as well. Best boy is definitely the way forward. And linking that to what you mentioned as well, the charity best ball uh, leagues and the charity tournaments, a perfect segue into the main reason we wanted to get you on today is to talk about some of those charity leagues. So, as the founder of the FFTC, do you want to give us a bit of a run on why you set that up, um, how you about running that, why you enjoy that format so much? Yeah, so FFCC stands for the Fantasy Football Challenge Cup. Um, so, I, I'm lucky enough to be in the Scott Fish Bowl for six years now um it's got if you don't know who scott fish is then go give him a follow on 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 twitter or x or whatever we're calling it elon musk's fun ground <laughs> um <laughs> and it's an incredible thing when you see the scott fish bowl in action just the sheer number of players the sheer number of money basically they, they raise upwards of $100,000 for uh, Toys for Tots and lots of other organizations. Um, and that kind of inspired me that it's about being part of a community. We have a community here in the UK. At the time, the UK didn't have a charity fantasy football tournament. Um, and I was like, well, we, we're doing listener leagues. Like, it just kind of made sense to do one. Um, fantasy Football Challenge Cup and why I did it a bit different. So most charity leagues, they have drafts and then eventually goes into some form of playoff format. I kind of have always loved, I'm a, I'm a football, uh, sort of English football uh, fanatic as well. Um, and I've loved the romance of the FA Cup growing up as a kid. I love the, uh, the, the David versus Goliaths. I love the, the underdog stories. I love the fact that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And I thought, you know, it'd be really good. I've got some great connections in the FF, in the fantasy football space um, with some content writers and content creators who I hugely admire. And, um, give me the time of day, which is which is very kind of them to come and play and have this David vs. Goliath. And I thought, how cool would it be that someone like Joe P. Sapir of Fantasy Pros or uh, you know Pat Fitzmorris of Fantasy Pros or JJ Zacharyson or Carl Yates or whoever it might be lose to like Dave from Scumfort. <laughs> <laughs> how amazing would that actually be? <laughs> and, I th- and so that's and also Americans and I've got quite a good American audience um, love brackets uh you know you get march madness i love the idea of march madness you put your brackets together and i kind of thought this is a great way of combining the two so uh it typically has always been 256 players hoping to get to 512 this year i do have a scenario where if we get more than 256 but less than 512 i do have a sort of get out there so um the idea is effectively to you know you play two week matchups so it's head to head so you draft and you play people that are in your draft until you can't anymore, and then you split it out to other drafts, and effectively your whole map out to the final is is, is, is ramped up all the way through. So um, you know who you're playing effectively, and you might not see their team in your draft room, but you'll see it on a sheet that I hold on the website. And then what we did for this year, because uh, last year was the fifth edition that we had, um, I introduced the concept of the intercontinental plate. So whereas we were crowning a world champion the main event, what is really harsh, you do a draft, two weeks into the season, half the field goes. And every week, basically, half the field gets eliminated. So 128 people have taken part of the draft, which could have gone on for three weeks, and then they're out <laughs> in two weeks. And like, uh, so we go, it's really annoying. The brutal world of fantasy. Right, the brutal world of it. And I thought, <laughs> you know what? And I took this inspiration for Rugby Sevens, where you could, I take the losing 128 teams, I put them into the plate, and then we can basically play a separate tournament for those that go out in week one and to extend it out. So everyone gets at least four weeks, gets a month out of it, which is, which is quite nice. And um, yeah, then we crown a world champion and uh, we crown for the first time, a intercontinental plate winner. So basically the best of the losers bracket effectively, which was uh, quite cool. So, uh, and we had until this year, this year was the first repeat country winner. So the first four years had four different country winners. It was England, then Norway, then the United States, and then Scotland. And then the USA picked up the second belt this year. So, um, yeah, year six this year. So, um, and I'm really pleased that there's now other UK charity based. You guys do one. There's Warrior Bowl that started, uh, I think, a couple of years after ours or a year after ours. Uh, there's JCT with Matt Cullen, who's a friend of mine. Um, 
and they do phenomenal work. I think that's year three or four now. Um, and yeah, there's there's more and more fantasy leagues popping up, which is great for charity, and it's about raising money for for causes that matter and are important to you. And I think that's what uh, it should be. We're all privileged enough to play a game that we love, and that we all have reasonable means and resources that we're very more fortunate than lots of other people. And so if we can do something incredible as a community and give some money to needy causes and they benefit and we get to have some fun, it seems like a a win-win to me. So um, yeah, it's good that we, we do that. I think charity leagues are great. I think they offer a completely different context on the tournament. Um, Because I think, um, the the thing with the charity, I like, think with a fantasy football league, it's great. You compete against seven other, nine other, eleven other people. But playing in a mass tournament, you get to, to connect with people all over the world. You get to play with people you yeah. never meet. You never get the opportunity to. So you get to make a load of friends. Like through the Scottish Bowl, I've made friends for life. People who I genuinely connect with and have great deal of respect and admiration and uh, yeah, just uh, just some incredible people I've met from playing in that tournament. And I kind of want to replicate that as well, but also the strategic challenge. I love games, right? So for me, uh, you're, when you're drafting, you're not trying to beat 11 people. You're trying to beat several hundred people, some thousand people. And so your approach has to be completely different. Um, you're not trying to win your draft. You're trying to create a differentiating lineup in best ball. It's even harder than this, but in, uh, like a, a set like the Scott Fishbowl where you set a lineup every week, it's very different. You have to think about your path to victory, how you can win, because your chances of winning at the start are incredibly small, less than 1% <laughs> effectively. So you have to think about how you can turn that into a slightly larger edge to a 2%, a 3%, a 5% edge. How do you grow your edge? Um, and that's where the strategy comes into it. And I love seeing all the different strategies when, you change the scoring and put scoring features in there that get people. So for me, Superflex tight end premium is the most elite format there is because you make all four positions relevant. So there's lots of different draft strategies. So yeah. there's not one weak position in fantasy. Oh, forget kickers and DSTs, but <laughs> effectively, like from the four main skill positions, when you over, like you added the value to tight ends and you add the value to quarterbacks, you effectively have do you go aggressive with quarterbacks? So do you go aggressive with tight ends early, or do you go aggressive with running backs or wide receivers early? And then you see all these different draft plans. That's why I love that kind of format because you have it's the ultimate challenge because there's lots of different ways to get to the top of the mountain and it's whose whose idea is best yeah and that's the i mean at the start of the season any any idea could be best couldn't it i think of course the, it could. so yeah your playoff draft uh, league that you set up i've i've gone very heavy in obviously the mighty ravens are going to go to super bowl and win the super bowl mm-hmm. so i've gone ravens heavy and i've gone 49ers heavy at the minute it's not looking good because obviously I had the bye weeks in there but that could have the payoff. I mean, if it gone wrong this week, I'm out, I'm done. And you look like an idiot. If it all falls into place, you go, I knew it. I knew it all along. I knew that taking Dalvin Cook with a late pick was going to pay off in the final week. Uh, chances are it won't. They say you did all right, but we will see. But yeah, those strategies in one of my favourite things about fantasy is hindsight is the only actual foolproof method. Mm is only foolproof method of analysing how successful your draft was. Everyone thinks I've got the best draft. That's why you did it. It's very rare. Although a couple of times last year I left a draft going, I've absolutely blown that. Um, but most people think they've done the right thing. That's why they did it. Uh, kind of looking back at the end and seeing how it shakes out. I mean, this year, a lot of people said taking Travis Kelsey with the fifth pick of the draft was the best idea because of that separation, because of that difference maker. It's not happened this year. If you did that, it's possibly backfired on you considerably, but has worked time and time again with people taking that risk. We very much in the setting up of the TH Fantasy Football Best Ball Nanza last year, after being players in in your league for I think three years, maybe, uh, get involved in the Warrior Bowl for the first time, uh, the Orkney Bowl and the JTCC as well. Get involved in all those has been been great to do that. And you're exactly right. I think for the same reason that you set up the FFCC. Is the reason why we set up ours, like other people are doing this, is bringing in good money from a good community. Why would we not get several hundred pounds to give to a small charity? Um, and the generosity of people blew us away. We were hoping 
because of the leagues that we run, we'd maybe get 40, 50 people. If we can raise three, 400 quid, that'd be amazing. Through the power of that community on Twitter, we ended up with 100 people bang on and raised just over a grand. Uh, genuine budget-changing money for that charity yeah. that they wouldn't have ordinarily had. And Ed was fortunate to be able to go to go to see and explain. And I think to the people, it sounds a bit nonsensical. Oh, yeah, there's all these random guys we don't really know who gave us some money and played some fancy football. Uh, sometimes <laughs> life is as simple as that. Yeah, I, it is. It's, uh, it's hilarious. So we change charities every year. Um, and so our charities every year are about somebody in who's associated with Five Yard who has had first-hand experience of that charity. Um, so every year we have held a, a and they're most of the time they're very, very small charities that people have never heard of and people have no real idea affiliation of, of what they are and they do all sorts of different uh, different bits and pieces. So, you know, we've raised money for um, hernias in babies that in the wrong area can be fatal 50% of the time because someone who uh, wrote for us uh, had to go through that awful experience and this charity made a huge difference in them. We raised money for uh, a charity who um, it, it's something to do with uh, different chromosomes in in children that can cause different uh, forms of conditions and we raised a lot of money for them um last year we raised money for the mps society this was this was probably the most emotional podcast i ever did so they were really great in the support of they gave us um in terms of they were so blown away with this idea of a bunch of people getting together randomly and just giving a load of money to play fantasy football like for them <laughs> it was just wild yeah. and um I, I, I said, that, do you know what would be really great? And what I know that would be really valuable, because we've raised a little over £25,000 since we've been doing this, um, was it be great to hear uh, how the money that we're going to give to you, how that's going to impact people, the change it's going to make. And so they actually brought their CEO on. We did a show, very, very emotional show. Um, now, the MPS Society, we picked that for, I'm sure you're familiar with um, Rich Cooling, uh, Dynasty Island. Mm-hmm. His brother suffers from uh, MPS. So that's why I had a chat with Rich and said, I'd love to I'd love to do this to raise awareness and to raise some money. We raised um, £6,000 for the MPS Society last year, um, and they were eternally grateful for what we did. Um, this year's charity is Crohn's Colitis UK, which is a very different charity to what we've ever done it's slightly larger um but that's because i suffer from ulcerative colitis i was diagnosed in 2023 with uh die with uh, ulcerative colitis i spent 30 odd days in hospital overnight last year i spent about 40 days in total in hospital last year trying to get to grips with this disease and the crohn's colitis uk uh, charity were incredible and so i phoned him up and said look i want to talk to somebody about what I do, I am an idiot who uh, puts on fantasy football tournaments for people who like playing games because that's the only way I know how to raise money. <laughs> I'm not an athlete. I'm not a uh, superhuman who can run a, a marathon. I just set up uh, games on the website for idiots to play, <laughs> effectively, <laughs> and degenerates. Um, and that's what this idiot does. So I said, well, um, and I spoke to them and I had a call and they were blown away that they thought that we could raise this kind of money. And, you know, I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll wait, we'll raise that money because our community is that great. It's that's just what happens. Um, and they were blown away that people would raise money to play fantasy football. <laughs> just, they just, they just like, so let me get this straight. Cause I don't understand you run a <laughs> tournament and people just pay to enter. I was like, yeah. And what prizes do you give away? We give away a trophy at the end. So what, so what's the benefit as that people get to play? Yeah. And the people were like, that's wild to them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, but that's that's what it's about. And all our listener leagues that we do, we ask for charity donations to those. Again, the Playoff League, thank you very much for joining for that. You know, we always try and get a small monetary um, donation to leagues. You know, any prizes we do, it doesn't ever go out of the money that's raised. It's, it's all out of the podcast's pocket. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's great that we can do it and... Again, it's it, the more people that run these sorts of leagues, whether it's for a hundred pounds, five hundred pounds, a thousand pounds, whatever it is, it's just going to make a huge difference to a very, very small charity who have been massively affected since COVID in terms of trying to raise money. So they've got huge shortfalls. These charities that they're trying to raise, you know, 
So any any money that anyone can raise, that would be great. And I'd like to see more charity leagues. And if you run one, I'll enter. That's and it. <laughs> what we'll do is, same as we've been doing over the last few weeks as well, is making sure that any of those on there let us know. We're always happy to give a shout out to our 25 people listening to us right now and give a share on Twitter as well. Um, and the one thing we always say is, kind of what you said, give as much as you are able to give. If you can give a quid, give a quid. Mm. If you can give 30, 40 quid, give 30, 40 quid. One thing we were really taken aback by, I think, last year is we've run... I don't know. We've we've run leagues for about the last four or five years. I think we've got staples about forty, fifty leagues of people. We've got a core of people in those. Some other people that dip in as well. But we had a lot of people who just messaged saying, "Of course I'll donate because you've run these leagues for us." And it's that thing of people going, "Yeah, I enjoy playing this. So mm. here's my payment. I'll give some money to the charity that you're raising money for." Um, and then other people we have never met before. People have literally just seen the post that someone else has shared online and gone, "Yeah, I'll have a bit of that." Um, yeah. and kind of get involved so no it is amazing so please get involved in all of those the if you head over to our page on twitter we'll have all those up on there as well as i know you guys do as well so just have a look or just drop any of us a message we can give you those plugs so the ones that i know we've signed up for if you're left we've signed up for yourselves the ffcc uh we've signed up for the orkney bowl uh the jttc have I missed any that are in recruitment at the minute? There's the NMD Bowl run by uh, at Gaming Teacher, um, who is in the Scottish Highlands, I believe. He is a guy called Stephen. Uh, he runs that. I actually should have won that, and you mentioned Jordan Love. <laughs> uh, I, he ran a two-point final. I was 13-1 and one in this league. I'd absolutely bossed it. I had a 60-point league going into the final week. Jordan Love... Um, Killed me on Monday Night Football. I lost by 0.7. No, 0.41 points. Jordan Love screwed me just the absolute perfect amount in three leagues in Championship <laughs> Sunday, where if he'd thrown for like eight yards less, I'd have won two leagues. If he'd thrown for five yards more, I'd have won one more. And he got right bang in that middle of that window. <laughs> And I lost three leagues as a result. He did me over the exact opposite way. So the week before I had, I think it was the week that Jalen Hurts had to fly in his own to the game because he was really ill. It was in mm. Monday Night Football. And I thought, right, I'm going to, I thought, well, I'm not staying up till one in the morning to adjust my fancy lineup on a school night. I'm going get to get myself sorted. So I will put Jordan Love in. He's been good for points all season. And I think I missed out by about, I think, one and a half points. So yeah, he screwed me as well. <laughs> Damn you, Jordan Love. Get involved in those. It's one of the amazing parts of the UK fantasy football community. Something to say we've not been surprised by because you see evidence and examples across all different formats, but have been taken aback at just how many people will join all of the leagues and give a little bit to everything just for the joy of joining it. Um, say about prize as well, I've taken delivery of our prize for Teach Fantasy Football Best Ball. It's only taken three weeks to arrive. So, Sam Madams, if you're listening, that is on its way out to you. Um, and I'll stick some photos up on Twitter as well, because it is a delightful surprise. I'm very proud of, if I do say so myself. Shall we talk about some fancy hyperbole as we move through the playoffs and into the off-season then? We're at the stage now where we're starting to get very overexcited now about who's going to go where, who's going to have that value. Obviously, Jordan Love's going to go the 101 now because he is the second coming in Green Bay. Who are you keen to keep an eye on with potential movement, ins and outs, fancy relevance over the next few weeks and uh, months? Yeah, I think there's a lot of players. This is an interesting time. And for me in a dynasty league, this is probably the next six weeks is probably the most interesting time of a dynasty league for me, which people kind of find shocking because they're like, well, you got the rookie draft. It's like, they're the rookie draft, but there's probably five or six good like game changer players in their max. So actually, and everyone else is kind of like a squad rotation player or player might hit you some weeks, flex or better player. But really, there's sort of like fundamentally every year about six players on average who are, are going to be making an impact. So in Superflex, that extends slightly, but not a great deal. So for me, the free agency period is really key, really important, because what you want to see now is what's going to happen with players and it's not just the players who are out of contract, but the players who could potentially get cut. So, you know, there's some really big names that are on the block this season. Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, 
are sort of the two quarterbacks. They're very interesting to what happens with both of those. I think Mayfield stays put. Um, it kind of makes sense that he would in Tampa. Kirk Cousins, all bets are off, really, with the injury. Um, he's probably not going to command as big a market as he would have done. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think with Kirk Cousins, it's interesting that Justin Jefferson is a fan. It's yeah. In- I can't think of a, a more bizarre odd couple than uh, Justin Jefferson and Kirk, especially after quarterback uh, last year. And you see that Kirk lives and walks the, the life of an old man. Uh, but that's got to have some impact, hasn't it? I'm certain if he stays in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins will once again be undervalued in fantasy drafts next year. Yeah, I, I don't really get this this Kirk Cousins hate. Like, I, I, listen, I don't think he's necessarily been worth the contract that um, has been bestowed upon him. Um, but having said that, I kind of just don't get the the hate he gets because he's been a very consistent quarterback for quite some time above the line. Mm. He, so I don't really get it. I, I look at, and you know, we're looking at a market of quarterbacks this season that are going to hit the free agency market, right? There aren't that many marquee names. Like the two I've named are the only two I'm genuinely mm. interested in. I'm not really fussed about uh, any of the other names that have hit the line because they're players who are either at the end of their careers or their careers. Jake Browning could be a really interesting one because I actually think he was quite good down the stretch. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think he goes into a starting job uh, next year, but I think he's one that I'm kind of fascinated to see how that that hits, but. The running back position is loaded. Mm. Like um, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, though he is aging quite a bit. The Gus bus is going to be kind of interesting. Devin Singletree, DeAndre Swift. And then I'm going to throw another name out there uh, who I think could hit the market, and that's Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb is due $16 next year. Coming off his second season-ending injury, he's perennially been injured. Jerome Ford did a good job. The Browns want to tie up $16 million. Uh, They can get out for $4 million. They could restructure that contract, maybe, but he could end up hitting the market. That could be a really interesting one. So um, a lot of running backs I'd be keeping an eye on. Yes, some of those are on the age, uh, the higher side of age. So Eckler coming to 29, uh, Henry's 30. Saquon's 27. Um, Gus Edwards, 29 is going to be. So a lot of those on the the older side. But then you have got some like Georgie Swift, who's just turned 25. Uh, Josh Jacobs is 25. Tony Pollard is 26. It's a couple of Josh Jacobs, 25? Yeah. He just feels older. I know, right? <laughs> just so, 20, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 20, 20, he's going to be 26. By yeah. Next but he's not, yeah. you know, it, this is what I mean. He's not... He has got a lot of tread on those tyres, but having mm. said that, he, he still is relatively productive. So there's a, that's a really interesting position um, that we have now in terms of players. So there's there's a lot of players there that I think if you can guess where they might end up um, and you're willing to do a deal, because I think all of those players, Henry, Jacobs, I think Pollard stays where he is, to be honest. Barkley's going to probably hit the market. These are all players that their owners are going to try and command a premium, but really they can't because there's so much uncertainty. Mm. If you feel like their situation is going to improve, because none of those players were outstanding in 2023. So if you can sit there and take a bet that any of these players in situations could improve, it could be really interesting. You could put in a second round rookie pick for any of those players and it could work out for you. So, that's kind of the, the, this is where I like to do this. If you can, you know, project, follow the news, kind of get an idea where these players might land um, and get a good projection. If you get a good read, the sense of the situation, try and get the price agreed before they move and before they hit the free agency market. Yeah. Running back especially will be interesting. Um, the one thing I'm not looking forward to is an off season of talk of how much a running back should be paid. Uh, Cause it's all of those names. You're also going to have at least one running back who wants an early contract and puts in a trade request and refuses to report. That's a la John, uh, Jonathan Taylor last season. There always seems to be that in the pipeline as well. Um, yeah, you... But yeah, it will be interesting. With Jonathan Taylor, 
he's not done the business how people would have wanted to this season, but he was going at a significant value because of that uncertainty. And if you get some, if you can capitalize on that, and then it will fall into place, you're getting a round one pick and maybe round three or four in some of those situations. Alvin Kamara, people stayed out and because of missing those first few games, he paid you back time and time again if you took that yeah. punt on him a bit later. Absolutely. I think um, there's this narrative in fantasy football that aging running backs are no good. And actually, you know, the Alvin Kamaras of this world are kind of proving that actually in a role in a, in a space, context is king. Right, you have to kind of look at the playmakers. You have to look at the offense as a whole, and you have to make a judgment call as to where it's going to go. Um, because the bottom line is, these players, you have to analyze the situations. It's really easy to say I'm out on older players, but older players will win you championships. They will win mm-hmm. you championships, especially in the dynasty league. You know, you can buy older players significantly cheaper. People have this desire for the new hotness. Mm-hmm. Cash in on that. Let people cash in on the new hotness and take some of these old players. But take players in uncertain. You know, you can really the really interesting player this off season is going to be T Higgins. He is arguably yeah. one of the biggest players who is going to hit the market. I don't think he stays in Cincinnati. I think he goes. Um, where he goes could be really interesting. You're looking at maybe Jacksonville could be in the market. You know, they they bought in. Um, yeah, Ridley show. and they bought in um, Kirk so you know they're not against having a splashy receiver they don't have that slot they've been using Zay Jones and they used him a lot in that area of the field they'd love to get an upgrade there they got the cap to do it that one that makes sense does that then hurt the values of the other two <laughs> that's really interesting I, I would look at that position as a um, as a Ridley owner and think I could be getting out of the Calvin Ridley business if I can, but you're not getting the height that you probably paid for him because he hasn't had a good season. You kind of have to weigh up all these things. That's why I love this part of the season. Um, you know, other big names are going to hit the market wide receiver position. Uh, Mike Evans, I don't think he hits the market. I think he, he resigns. At least I'm praying he resigns. That's <laughs> going to break my heart if that doesn't happen. But yeah, Calvin Ridley is a free agent. Um, so he might not even be picked up by Jacksonville. They might let him go when he's 29. He's had a few years out. That'd be interesting. Michael Pittman hits the market, um, but I think he probably stays. You know, Curtis Samuel, still of a good age. Tyler Lockett is the other one. Tyler Lockett's going to hit the market as well. So that would be really interesting to see where he lands up because I think he's still got some mileage uh, in the tank there as well. So Yeah, Tyler it? Lockett, if it, right situation, he has got everything there to be a massive value in fancy drafts again if he lands in the right spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, I think my guide to free agency is um, look at the money, look at how much they're getting paid. Um, Gabe Davis is going to be on the market. I'm not sure he resigns. <laughs> oh, dishonest Gabe. But Gabe Davis isn't even 25 yet. Well, maybe maybe it's the ignorance of youth that means he disappears completely in games and lets us all down, especially the, DFS. Yeah, the ultimate boomer bus player. Isn't he is he? Gabe Davis is not a friend of the show. He is most certainly an enemy of the show this season. So I thought I'd bring him up. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Ed and I will have a, when we finish this and we Ed and I record our afters. Ed will have his say on T Higgins and we'll then moan about Gabe Davis a little bit longer as well. I am absolutely certain. But I've just realised partly through that, I, f- I forgot I was uh, hosting a podcast and just sat there listening to you then. Uh, it's some, <laughs> some really good points. So, yeah, uh, lots just got to get to you there. And also, as is often the case, we won't have a clue what the biggest story of the off-season is yet. Um, no. There will be something waiting to drop at some point that will be exciting to give us some media overexposure during the off-season, but also certainly to have fancy implications as well in those drafts. And the team you draft in your first draft in May will not be the team you would draft when it gets to August as well, when all those different things change. But that's a really interesting point. So one of the things I really noticed this year is people's need of group consensus approval. And so it's really interesting, right, that people go onto Twitter and look for validation of trades or validation of drafts which I think is fine, right, from a collective exercise. How did I do? How could I have improved? But I find it really interesting now that most people feel like before they do something, they have to validate that decision Mm. on Twitter. And so where I picked up a significant edge this year was going against the consensus. So there were players that were consistently people were out on. 
that I was like, I absolutely have to get in on this because there's a significant edge to doing so because you're going to pay a much lesser price. And not only are you paying a much lesser price, you're going to get players at, at significant value. And so there were a lot of players who, you know, Debo Samuel, the amount of chat that Debo Samuel was just not going to produce. And now Christian McCaffrey's here, that Debo Samuel is washed. Mike, I don't get it. Like I don't, mm. I never followed that train of thought. And it's, it's interesting that if you follow the consensus, you lose an advantage because if you do what everybody else does, everybody then knows what you're going to do. So I, I know I've written a few fantasy books and talked about how in the draft room got to be different. You've got to try and do something that people can't anticipate what you're going to do. If you're following the ADP, if you're following, uh, if you draft off ADP or if you draft off group consensus, you're going to put yourself in a position where you are going to be picked off and you're going to get the quote-unquote sniped. Like, I can't believe you took that player. Well, I knew you were going to take him, which is why <laughs> I took him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of those those areas of group thing. I think group things a great thing. I think seeking opinions from others, especially peers that you respect and enjoy content from, um, friends, etc. I think it's great to get all those forms of opinions, but I think you've got to make the ultimate decision. Don't let your decision be decided by groupthink. Because if you let the consensus, or if you draft off, I went into a draft, no word of a lie, I identified very quickly last season that this guy was drafting off the Fantasy Pros ECR. <laughs> so I knew where I had to take the players to snipe it. Yeah. I knew where players were going to go. I know this player was following the Fantasy Pros ECR to a T. So I was like, okay, great. Now he's following the ECR. I know exactly who he's going to pick, and I know when he's going to pick him. So, he, and he came to me, he rested me at the end of the draft. He's like, it's like you knew who I was going to draft. I went, yeah, I did. I knew exactly who you were going to draft. I said, because you, you followed the ECR. Yeah. So it's like, it's the same way that people follow ADP. It's like, you've got to be prepared to be different. Yeah. To, you know, don't be afraid to take a player around above ADP. You know, people said to me, I'll give you a perfect example. My Scott Fishbowl draft, every like the consensus hated my Scott Fishbowl draft. They did this rankings profile of the 3,350 odd teams in the tournament. Mine was in the bottom 1%. It was ranked as like one of the least favorite ones. Ranked finish bottom of the division, bottom in points scored. Yeah, I made the semifinals. I finished in the top 100 of a 3,500 person mm. tournament. Yes, I didn't win it. But I didn't make great waiver wire decisions on the way because there's not much <laughs> on the waiver wire. But ultimately, I liked my draft a lot more than the consensus because I went against the consensus. And I'm not saying that always worked. You can go against the consensus and lose massively. Oh, but yeah, you, you could have... draft uh, Miles Sanders everywhere. <laughs> yeah and, and you know for me my my big miss was um damien pierce i i raved about damien pierce being an absolute steal and it didn't work um but you know but i also talked about prime robson jr and that one did pay off at least early part of the season so i think you know it's okay to have convictions it's okay to be wrong i don't have a problem with being wrong i look at my own analysis and I say i've got this wrong i've got this wrong i've got this wrong whatever but if you look for your validation and go off what everyone else does, then everyone knows what you're going to do and you yeah. give away your distinct advantage. So, you know, my one advice to fantasy players is there's no such thing as a reach and there's no such thing as, you know, like a, an overpay in fantasy football, the same way that there's no such thing as a loser. If you're happy with it and you walk away thinking that's made my team better and you paid up around an ADP for him, then if it go, if it works at the end of the season, it works. You know, no, no one's going to look at my drafts last season where I took Debo Samuel third, fourth round and go, oh, well, that was an overpay. <laughs> but they did at the time. But yeah. it worked. And that's what I mean. It's the same way that, you know, just don't be afraid to fade players that you feel are overvalued. I think, I just don't think I can take Garrett Wilson in the third round because I just don't believe in Aaron Rodgers' arm anymore. And that's fine. The same way that if you feel like a player is above their ADP and you have to reach to get there because someone else is on the same train of thought, then do it. Like it, it doesn't matter as long as you walk away with the draft at the end and you're happy with the team as a whole. Who cares how it was put together? That's my big thing. Is people go like, "Oh, I've got this player late, and I got this player late, and I got this player." It's the same with dynasty drafts where people go like, "Oh, I've got like five second round picks." Yeah, I don't care. Because <laughs> they're all lottery picks. Like yeah. the chances are, with those five, you might land one contributor, one decent contributor. 
like any pick after the 110, you've got like a, less than a 5% chance of that player being a significant contributor. Yeah, so we're contributor. talking to Rich about that when we say about yeah. those later picks and the, the probability of those players coming off is highly unlikely. I disbelieve anybody that says they took Puknakua with any idea that he was going to have that sort of impact. Yeah. It's If you got him, amazing, but no one has been sat there waiting, do you know what, I'm going to get him in the fourth round and he's going to win me my league this year. Uh, it is that look and you see that's that transfer. So, yeah, I mean, after what you just said, I'm going to go the group thing. I completely agree with you, Murph. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, just, it's just interesting. I think that's the one piece of advice to give to any fantasy player is I think it's good to go out and seek. I think it's a good idea to go and benchmark your ideas and your thoughts and how you think about things 100%. What I'm saying is don't follow the consensus all the time. Sometimes you, you will go along with the consensus. Sometimes you will go, but you need to find times when you need to go against it. Otherwise, you're going to put yourself in a box where people will just understand what you're going to do. If you're a player who drafts off ADP, I'm going to work it out. And the best players in, in your league are going to work that out. If you're going to follow trends based on ECR, you know, I, I say to people all the time, the, if you want a really quick trick to build custom rankings, custom rankings take three or four of the best analysts you know take their rankings put it in a sheet aggregate the score and then when you spit out that number then make manual tweaks so actually like that player over that player and that's how you make custom rankings and no one will work out how you've done it no and it's the quickest way you can do that in like half an hour and it's the quickest way to build your own custom rankings just take three or four people that you truly value that you truly respect take their rankings Amalgamate them together, put a, a, you can even weight one more than the other. Say, I really like Adam Rank. I think Adam Rank's rankings are amazing. Um, so I'll have him over Mike Clay, over the fantasy footballers, over the ECR, whatever. So you can weight one slightly more than the others and, and spit out a score and just go from there. Like, that's the quickest way to build custom rankings uh, and then just make manual adjustments. And then I've that got way. A spreadsheet you, ruined. There you go. <laughs> but then that way, it's yours. No one's going to yeah. go into a draft room and and be able to read that. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, 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 the quickest tip I can give to people is if you're going in with one set of rankings at someone else's rankings, the, the better players in the room will work out where they are. Yeah. They've done the research, they work it out, and then you lose any advantage you might have. So Ed and I can put those together and then I'm going to edit Ed's version of the spreadsheet so that he, uh, he has an incorrect version where Danny Dimes is rated <laughs> as QB4 on the season. Good right. Thing. So just to wrap us up then, we are going to be asking this question to all of our guests throughout the off-season, but you get first stab at it, Murph. Murph, what is your favourite thing about fantasy football? My favorite thing is just the people. I'll be honest with you. Um, everyone's going to say winning, and I love winning. I love winning more than most people, but actually I just love meeting people. The people I've met in this community from hosting leagues, from being in leagues, is second to none. When you face adversity in this world, you face a challenge and you're in a dark place, uh, you're not well physically, mentally, whatever it is, and you can go into a fantasy league that you're in and someone just talks a load of crap it's great like it's just genuinely like massively uplifting i've met some incredible people like yourself i've met some incredible people that i've got genuine friends for a very very long time friends all over the world so if i ever pop up somewhere i can probably find someone in that town and be able to interact with them and meet them and i've met people i never thought i'd meet i had experiences i never thought i had experience and it's all because of the people like i play in the league with someone and then that someone two years ago said hey do you want to go on a stage with jason bell and hannah wilkes and do our super bowl preview (laughs) and i felt massively underqualified to do it but i was like yeah sure why not and like that it was those sorts of it's that randomness or i i'll never forget i was really sick um i've talked about it this year i came home from hospital about three days after i got home from hospital and there's a parcel waiting for me and I open it up, and it's a signed uh, Warren Sapp Bucko Bruce full-size helmet. And basically, a bunch of people got together, and they um, you know, found it, sourced it, and bought it, and, and sent it to me to make me feel better. I had people buy me like a T-shirt. And it's not about that, but it's that mm. whenever you're in a, a place where it's just you're not right, it's the people in this community who just send you a message or just 
give you some crap about why you slagged off Baker Mayfield for five months <laughs> and and now he's now he's your favourite thing since sliced bread and you have to go on a podcast and give him a, a whole apology to him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's those kind of things. Like I, I just genuinely, it's the people. I think without yeah. without the people, this is all rubbish. Really, it was. I started this. I started podcasting seven years ago. Where next week we're going to be at eight hundred episodes, mm-hmm. and. I said the whole mantra of doing leagues and doing podcasts was I want to make sure we build enough of a community to where people never need to play on an NFL.com random league with random people where it dies after three weeks and they don't get the full fantasy Mm. football experience. Like I want that to end. Like Mm. that should not be anyone's fantasy football experience. Um, I don't think we're done, but I think we're a long way towards killing that off. And that's, you know, the mantra of everything that we do is the people. If we can build a great community of people, if we can be part of a great community of people and we can do great things like raise money for charity or just have a good crack or we all treat each other with respect and kindness and we make the world a slightly better place and we leave a footprint on it for other people to play in leagues, we've done our job. And that's uh, that's it for me. So the people, 100%. An excellent answer. And now whoever we have on that says we're winning money in their money leagues is look very, very shallow indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I look so altruistic right now. <laughs> but no, you're right. And those postings, but also I, I quite like when you say about the people, some of the absolute lunatics who you see pop up in a league chat and you go, oh God, what are they on about again? Uh, all right, we need to talk about draft strategy in a two QB league again because someone's had an unfair advantage. Yeah, but all of that, I quite like that. Some of those, those daft things, the person who will tell you why everyone else's draft strategy is wrong i find them very amusing people and they've drafted four qbs in a row in a two qb league but then you're right the people who you get used to having a bit of a chat with around trades and things or checking in on how a game at the weekend and all i know is their sleeper profile name don't even know the real name sometimes and you have that just a bit of a you'll have a half hour back and forth analyzing uh analyzing the game from the weekend so yeah i can't uh, screw it, you on there at all will you wait until the uk ff or the UKFC, right? So I'm not be, I'm not going to be there this year, and I'm genuinely gutted. I've got a friend of mine getting married, and um, I've already given them a slap around the head for organising it on Fantasy <laughs> Football Weekend, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the first year, so two years ago I went, people were coming up to me, and they were like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm like looking at them blankly. I feel like horrendous. <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah, but my, my sleeper name is, oh, you that person. Of course you are. Yeah, that's you. Like, of course you're that person. Yeah. And it's just, you. so you've got this to come. It's yeah, great. Um, but, yeah, again, what a great thing that Rich and, yeah. um, and Dan and Hannah uh, and Pitsy I've, I've done to build a fantasy football I mean, then Bob Lund came over who founded mm. the American one who <laughs> like to meet Bob like I was so ill like I just got out of hospital I'd lost a ton of weight uh, I, I, my wife said you're not going I'm like I'm going I don't care I've got crutches <laughs> I'm going like I don't think you understand like for my mental health I have to yeah. be there and I, was like, I have to meet Bob I have to meet Bob <laughs> I've spoken to Bob for five six years We've done countless podcasts. I'm in his King's Classic League with some of the best people in the world. I'm like, I have to meet Bob. I just have to. It's there's no and Kurt, my friend Kurt, um, was there, and I was like, I have to meet these guys. Kurt's flown over from South Africa. I like, there's no way I'm not going. I don't care. And I went, and it's that. That is why we do it. And um, yeah, you got that to come. Meeting yeah, people in real that. life that you thought, oh, I've never thought I'd ever meet you. <laughs> it's hilarious, but it's so much fun. And I I just, we all go through stuff, right? We all go through stuff. And it, the measure of the great people in this community is the amount of messages of support you'll get when you go through it. You know, there's a, a, a guy I'm not going to mention who, you know, has lost a parent recently. And I've, you know, that hits me as a person. And so, you know, I did the only thing I felt I could do, which was I sent him a bottle of whiskey mm. uh, in the post. And the appreciation that he felt for that was like second to none. I'm not trying to win like humanitarian of the year or anything like <laughs> that. But it's, and I did that because someone did that for me when I yeah. was at my lowest. Someone's, and that passing of kindness, it doesn't even have to be materialistic, it could be a message. I had someone who posted, uh, someone, I sent someone a message today because they, they were going through a tough time and they told me that they just lost um, a couple of people they know in the space of a week and it's horrible. And just that checking in and it's, you know, 
we're all better humans for doing things like that. And I know when I'm at my worst, when I receive a message of support, that really gives me a boost. And so I try and do the same for other people. And the more that we do that as a community of people, the better we're all going to be as, as people and we all get through the tough times and that's what it's all about. So, yeah, here, here. I think um, like yeah. we play a silly game. Ultimately, <laughs> it's what it is. We play a silly game where we put numbers. It's basically like a math competition. Let's, let's get it right, right? We're a bunch of geeks. And, a game um, based on a game and we all think we know what we're talking about. Yeah, we play fake football. <laughs> we play fake football. We all think we know what we're talking about. You know, it's just have fun with it. Because it's a game. If you're not having fun, don't play. It's that simple. And, you know, the way to have fun is to humanize it. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Absolute final question. In a nutshell, who is going to win the Super Bowl? And why are you so confident it's the Baltimore Ravens? I was going to say the Baltimore Ravens. Amazing. There we go. Perfect. The perfect answer, Murph. So I, I don't know if you've seen my tweets. Uh, September, I said that the Baltimore Ravens would beat the, the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl and Lamar Jackson would be the MVP. So, go. yes, okay, the Vikings aren't going to be there, but, you know, no. I have, I'm sticking with you the got Ravens. The, you the got way. the right bit of it right. That'll do me. That's yeah. what I mean. I, you know, Lamar Jackson's <laughs> going to win the MVP and, and the Baltimore yeah. Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have loved it to have been Tampa. That would have been incredible. But, no, it's I, I, I really think... Lamar Jackson's taking it up a notch this year. And who can't enjoy like Lamar Jackson? Who can't who can't watch him and think, oh my God, this guy's like awful to watch? It's incredible. Like you've just yeah. got to appreciate it. And who doesn't love John Harbour? Who doesn't love it's not like unless you're in a division with the with the Ravens, I don't think there's many people that would be rooting against them this year. And even Ed's softening. I think Ed's only softening because he has a strong dislike for Kansas City Chiefs fans. So I think this for one weekend only, Ed will even be supporting the Ravens this weekend. Yeah, I I get it. But then like <laughs> I just think it'd be great. I just think it'd be great for I know a lot of people are gonna support Detroit because they've been crap for years and yeah. fine, but I I'm I'm all in on the Ravens. I I really want I think I look at the quarterbacks left and I think no one deserves it more than Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. Well, I th- we we couldn't agree more at the end there, Murph. So Thank you very much for coming on. We really, really appreciate your time. Um, thank you very much for all your support. You've given us our year and a half well, sharing bits and supporting our uh, podcast and supporting our charity league as well. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Enjoy off-season. I'm sure we will see you in drafts and hopefully see if we can get you on at some point in the off-season again to discuss some more fantasy football, get deep in some stats during draft season as well. You name the date, I'm here. I'd love to come back. Uh, I've had a great time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all the support. You give them our podcast and everything that we do. You know, we people like to think that podcasts are, are rivals. So far from it, you know, I want to see everybody uh, do well, win awards, and um, just smash it because our community is better when we're held up with lots of pillars. And so, you know, you guys are a pillar of a community that we have, and the more that we get, the better we'll all be. So, yeah, I've spent a lot of time talking about people, but <laughs> it's the belief. But yeah, we can get back next time to normal programming. Um, I'll have plenty of stuff on running backs and further analysis on draft strategy. <laughs> and uh, fingers crossed I'll have another book to talk about next time I'm on as well. Amazing. Well, thank you very much, Murph. It's been a pleasure. I will now throw it back to me and Ed recording two days later. So thank you once again to Murph for coming on. Genuinely really enjoyable chat going through all different bits. And over the last few days, so we're recording on Friday the 26th, it's been a little bit of a tumultuous week in the UK fantasy community, uh, which we won't go into, it's not appropriate to on this format. But what I really reflect on listening to that is talking about the people of the fantasy community. We were kind of laughing about how all these people that we do here, Murph referenced it, where you know people by sleeper names, there's so many people that we just know by sleeper name. You kind of chat with them over the course of the season and here and there, never met them. No, and you, you really feel, feel like you've formed a bond with some of these yeah. people, don't you? Yeah. Not like they are your sleeper buddy. So a bit of a shout out to Lucky Dan <laughs> Fossey or Weapon X, just as good as Charlton. There's loads of other people who can mention well, but yeah, people that we kind of have little chats to all the way through. Never met them. No idea where they live or anything like that. But they're, they are sleeper friends. Yeah. I mean, we've got tons of leagues, tons and tons of leagues, don't we? And loads of fantastic people. I mean, on that note, from Murph, 100 best balls. I mean, I thought we did a lot, but were you anywhere near that kind of a number? Best balls, no. I did more best ball this season than I had done previously, but we started to have that conversation. I said in there that best ball drafts are better than mock drafts, aren't they? Yeah. In fact, you can just put them away. 
I think I'll probably get involved in more on DraftKings just so I don't clog up my sleeper menu oh, going yeah, through the channel. leagues as well. Anyone from sleeper listening, if you could do some little kind of closed down tabs so I could group my leagues, that would be lovely um, because... I think fancy degenerates we are. It'd be nice to have some sort of organisation for the multiple leagues. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we mentioned as well some of the the off season narratives from your Green Bay perspective. What's the one thing from a fancy point of view you think will be most relevant this off season, Tom? My pick for this off season is going to be Jaden Reed. Yep. I think we need to keep an eye on him. I think he's had a, quite an understated rookie season. He's done a few little records in there. He's looked very good. Um, obviously, if Love continues to progress, uh, Reed, I think, is the man really. The two tight ends I would try and avoid. Mm-hmm. I, I've invested heavily in cards in Musgrave. So I'm praying <laughs> that he takes the lead. But I think actually it's quite close. Crafters look very good. So, I mean, you should get a lot of Packers receivers late. There will be hard to decide who's going to be the number one. But Reed is my tip at the moment. I think it'll be very interesting what the Packers do <clears throat> in the draft. Whether they do continue to give it the phrase we're going to hear a lot over the next few weeks, weapons. Yeah. around him, whether they will go for a higher pick with one of those skill positions. That'll be interesting. Aaron Jones think will be interesting as well this offseason, yeah. won't he? Yeah, totally. Last two things from us then. Firstly, if you're listening to this on Friday evening or Saturday morning, you have just under 48 hours to vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards. Voting closes this Sunday, Sunday the 28th. So please make sure you get your vote in and then the winners will be announced shortly after. I'm sure we've overthrown all these big boys from CBS, the fancy footballers. Um, the EPL. I'm sure we've dominated all of those with our listeners. Can we call ourselves fancy analysts now? No. 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 I don't, th- I don't think we're analysts. No, no. Um, enthusiasts is the bracket. I think we are still in. Enthusiasts with a microphone is the thing that best describes us. Finally, please definitely get yourself signed up as we spoke about some of those charity leagues in there. Please get yourself signed up to the TH Fantasy Football Best Ball Bonanza. I took a very exciting delivery this week. Oh my God, I need to win it next year. The pro- I, we're not allowed to say what it is, are we? No, Sam, uh, Sam Adams, if you're listening, hopefully by the time this goes out, I'm posting it this evening, so it'll be with you tomorrow. So hopefully you've received it by the time you're listening to this. It's absolutely glorious. I'm so desperate to win just to get one of these next year. It's so good. As soon as we know that Sam has received that, we will get some pictures on social media as well. It is a beautiful thing. It's got to be his profile picture, surely. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it is the best prize available in any fancy league in the UK. I think it's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. It's got to be it hard. Is it is thing. that good. I know we're selling this, but it is awesome. I'm so desperate. I'm just going to skew the software next year so I win it. I'm <laughs> going to cheat. I really want one. Speaking of software, we need to go and have a little bit of a chat about how we can sort out our custom <laughs> rankings. We'll also have a filter in there so that Ed can't see them properly. <laughs> Excellent advice, that one, actually. I hadn't really thought, you know, it's such a simple thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I very often go off gut to some, you know, you do your research, but I don't tend to write tons and tons down. No, I have, my, I have my kind of list I'm working yeah. with and yeah, every so often you go, but I just want this person. Some of it maybe gets lost in the ether and you kind of forget about things, don't you? Whereas if you do something like that, actually you've got it there sort of in stone. I am going to do the impossible this season and switch off all my biases when it comes to drafting. <laughs> I'm going to go purely mathematical um, and not pick Miles Sanders. Ever, ever again. So, should we finish on a note about Miles Sanders? Why? Seems seems fitting. Yeah. So, enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy watching the mighty Ravens dominate the Chiefs. And I'm going for, I can't see past the 49ers. I do think we have a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. But enjoy those games. Have a fantastic weekend. We will be back in a week with our Sunday Night Bet Club special looking at the Super Bowl. But from me, from Tom, adios, and Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.